This is Just a Few Questions. I'm Mark Sims. My guest is Dr. Charles Cole. Dr. Charles Cole is an educator. How are you, Dr. Charles Cole? I'm doing well, brother. How are you doing? Man, you sound wonderful. You got all this new equipment on the videos, man. I'm very jealous, and I'll, you know, we, and I'll get my act together someday. But I, you, you, Mark, I, I can, I can get you right, Mark. It's really not that much. I'm just, I'm too, I'm just too And I'm gonna send you every link. I'm just too lazy. It's like, like doing your homework <laughs> in school. That's just lazy, man. The main, and I shouldn't say that out loud because the words don't come. They come back. They don't come back to you void or something like that. You Bible people don't understand that scripture. But the main thing is that I know you got at least five degrees. Tell us about the last three pieces of paper you received. <laughs> Five degrees. So here, here go my degrees, man. Just very quickly. I have a BA in political science with a law option uh, from, from California State University, East Bay, but it was Hayward at the time. I have a master's in public administration, nonprofit uh, development uh, from San Francisco State University. And I have a doctorate in educational leadership from San Francisco State University, man. That's that's it. Yeah, I mean, I had to say that so you you were qualified. See, Haywood, that's where uh, Dwayne Johnson was born. Haywood. I think, uh, I, I think so. Yeah, I think Haywood. so. I, I mean, I don't. Yeah, wait, it's all, it's all on Wikipedia. Yeah. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just let me just give you an opening the question, because that's what I do. Dr. Charles Cole. So, doc, Dr. Cole, will we see in this country some post pandemic education reform? Yeah, man. I think so. Let's 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 talk about that. Right. So one, I don't know, but I think that that's up to the people. And let's just be very clear. It wasn't really good for black folks before the pandemic. So going back shouldn't necessarily be an option, like going back to what the norm was. Uh, I don't mean going back into buildings. I think that, you know, our community is split on if they want schools to be back in right now or they want to wait. I've heard black people uh, that make around the same amount of money, similar amount of kids. Uh, be on both sides of this issue. So that's the first thing that I care about because each side of this thing is saying they represent black folk. Well, it's like, well, black folk ain't one folk. But regardless of how you feel about that, it should look very different uh, when, when, when this pandemic is over, uh, praying that it ends soon. And what I mean by that is we got to really pay attention to who's been getting the short end of the stick in, in, in public education for, 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 for how long, you know what I mean? Um, and that's something that I care about. That's something that's germane to me. And so I know people tend to get upset when you bring up things like accountability or this, that, and the third, but part of my job is making sure that black people, the people that I love and that I care about, and I love all types of people and all that, but I do focus on my people, um, first, um, is that first you, the, the hardest part of, of the job, man, is, is convincing you that you deserve better, convincing you that you deserve more. And I've traveled to hundreds of schools at this point now across the country. And there are schools that are serving black children well. Um, the thing that's tough about schools though, Mark, is that you usually, a lot of people go to one school, you know what I mean? Or they go to, you know, they, they separate when they switch grades. So you're not getting all these other inputs around what's possible and what you see, right? So, you know, I switched high schools and, you know, my high school that I went to and played ball at for three years, my my class ring and, and, and my alma mater that I claim, Emory High, it was fine for what it was, small school, whatever. And then my last year, my family moved and I had to switch schools to this larger school, but they did things different and they taught the kids different. And in my first school where there's a hall monitor and kind of telling you to get to class and you can't chew gum or have a beeper or whatever the case is, this other school 
kids were showing up to class and lot with lattes and teachers were talking to them like adults and asking them what they thought. And, and it was just a richer type of discussion, right? One school kind of taught me more on the jail side and the other was almost like a social center. And so um, we should be changing the experience and the educational experience for our kids when they go back is all I'm saying in my very long winded way. My apologies. No, no, no. That was good because, you know, when, when you mentioned black, that t- everybody else like uh, turns the, sh- the podcast off because we're our, I, well, I'm, you know, you know, Chicago, we're very segregated mm-hmm. here. So if you, if you're in a black neighborhood, well, I was you born, care, baby, I was born in Maywood. Maywood. That's right. And so the thing about it is that, so you in a black neighborhood, predominantly black, that's the issues you care about. Latino neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, Eastern European and whatever you, you know, you know how it is. But so that's mm-hmm. hopefully don't turn people off when we say black. That's why I have another podcast, but it's like all black. <laughs> I'm going to bring you on that one. We just lay, lay it out. But I say that because, you know, we had this thing during the pandemic about, you know, all the protests, black lives matter. Black. Woo, woo, woo. But are we going to see some education reform coming out of all this? Oh, black people. Oh, I'm with you, black people. Black lives does matter. But does it matter when it comes to public education? Man, I listen, bro. No, I don't. And, and I mean, if we just gonna be real about it, man. And and I think that got that that call has to come from the people. I mean, listen, we keep. I say this all the time, Mark, and and and, and I'm not trying to be a jerk when I say it, but I really mean this, and I want I want your people to hear it. If my freedom and liberation is dependent on racist systems and racist people no longer being racist, then kill me now because. That ain't that's not a life that I want to live. Right. Like like we keep putting our faith in this public education system that has never served black kids in mass. Well, it just has not done it. Uh, And you can. Here and there, they'll be like, oh, tell me about that one teacher you love or whatever. And I got that teacher, too. You know what I mean? There's a there's a few teachers. Mr. Brown was amazing, man. He changed my life. I love that dude. But now let's talk about the other 40 plus teachers that was trash that I had, you know what I'm saying? I didn't see my humanity and call me a thug in training. I'm the biggest square I know, right? So, you know, when we talk about, you know, I want my people to have a fighting chance. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I so advocate for agency. I want agency and self-determination in the black community in the sense of, I'll work with these systems and I'll work to try to change them. I'm not, I, you can't, you know, you can't, you can't completely divorce yourself from the system. But what I'm saying is, as black people, we need to not be loyal to systems. We need to be loyal to people. And the system is just a means in order to serve the people. So if you're not serving the people well, then that system can be torn down because it was built. And that's what I'm saying, man. You know, my friend Chris Stewart, you had him on the show before. uh, And we've heard Dr. Fuller say this too, Howard Fuller, who also comes on our show, A Black Hands. And he said... What if somebody said we should reform slavery, <laughs> right? Like, like, and that's that's almost what this what this sounds like. I think you got to tear it down, man. I think that our our we got to become the buyers um, and and the sellers of, of 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 education and and what we want and what we desire. That's all. Yeah, the pandemic is a good opportunity, and in fact, even just. At the end of the pandemic, sometime this year is a good time to make some really sweeping changes. I don't know if the teachers union would be on board with some of the changes, but that's a whole other show. I you mentioned you, you. I mean, now nah, we ahead. can talk about it. No, no, no. I, I on another show, I, I know you ain't scared of nobody, but uh, we'll talk about them some other <laughs> time. Because you meant you. Because when you, you know when people say some black folks, they get up. Some black people, not all, they will get upset when black people talk about black and brown, black and brown. 
because then you talk to people mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Listen, they say Latinos don't give a damn about us. Why are you talking about black and brown? Why don't you stick to black? Because Latinos and the other, there's so many different type of Latinos. I understand that. But the Latinos don't care about black folks. They care about Latinos. So we need to stick to black. And so that's one layer. The other layer, when you say Black Lives Matter, black education, then you go to the bigot schools, they'll say, all lives matter. What about all lives, <laughs> right? So it may seem like this country can never get past this race thing. Well, well, when are well, we ever going to sit down and just, just hammer it out and just get past Let's it? decode it even more. Let's decode even more. And I, listen, man, I love my Latino brothers and sisters, man. And I, and I, and, you know, and I know you do too. And I know people are going to try to misconstrue what you just said. Well, you but know, I'm just saying some and, people, you and, know, that's behind the scenes stuff. You know what I'm saying? Go and, ahead. But no, no, but and here's the thing though, right? I have no issue when the Asian community takes care of itself, when the Latino community takes care of itself. I think that that's dope, actually. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love that there's a Chinatown in every major metropolitan city in the United States. I think that that's awesome. I would love to see a black town in every major metropolitan city, right? But I got in trouble, not in trouble, but I said something that people thought was provocative. I said, I don't want to be lumped into this BIPOC thing or POC. And the reason, and, and for people that don't know, that's people of color, and then uh, BIPOC is Black Indigenous people of color. And here, let me tell you why. It's because I think that that only further perpetuates the building of opportunities for other groups on the, black, on the backs of Black people. If you are talking that you need a group of Black teachers, then say, I need a group of Black teachers. If you need a group of Brown teachers, then say, I need a group of Brown teachers. But when you say, I need POC teachers or BIPOC teachers or whatever the case is, that allows but other groups that you might not have been targeting to come in and get those means, right? So as a Black community, we have to figure out what we need to be doing as a Black community. You know what I'm saying? The same way that Asians have been like, look, money stays in our community a lot longer. You know what I mean? Go if going to any Chinatown, right? They doing their stuff. They doing their work. You know what I mean? Like they money, they spend money with each other. And in Oakland, there's a, there's a school called Lincoln Elementary School. It's a public school. And it's majority Chinese educators, it's majority Chinese students, and which is really dope and wild because it's a traditional public school there, right? And somehow they figured out a way in one of the most diverse cities in the country to have that type of school. But I'm not mad at them. I'm not mad at them for teaching their kids and teaching them. And they have Saturday school. They have a whole bunch of stu- a, a whole bunch of stuff to secure uh, their culture, man. And this is not a separatist thing. But I I I, I think that you know. Be very specific in what you need. If you in Chicago and you got black kids and you say we need black teachers, then put out the memo that we need some black teachers. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not mad. If we're in an Iranian community and you need Iranian teachers, don't say you need teachers of color or whatever. Say I need Iranian teachers. Like we so sensitive in this place and trying to be so inclusive that we still continue to step and turn black people into the steps for everybody else to get the prosperity while we still at the bottom. And, and, and that's just, that's just how I feel about it. I got love for everybody, man. And, and here's the thing that, you know, you and I, we, I was born here in Chicago, but I was raised in Oakland, but here's the thing that a lot of people don't understand about Chicago. Chicago is the most segregated city in the country. It still is. And, and segregation always has this, this negative connotation, right? And you want to interrupt that, but there's also this, this, Chicago is very good at doing culture keeping work better than a lot of places in the city in, in the country. So you can go, you, you can go to an authentic Russian suburb. You can go to an authentic Hispanic suburb, right? Like not Hispanic, but you know, like Mexican suburb or, or Cuban suburb. Like we actually have 
a lot of people in downtown is the place where everybody kind of mixes and mashes together. And then everybody drives 10 or 15 minutes out the city and goes back to their enclave. See, a lot of people don't know that. You know what I mean? So, um, so Mark, I'm glad you got this show because I think that you shed a, a, a national light on a very localized issue. But I think that we got to start running away from the term black or looking out for our people or feeling like we always got to be the people to be inclusive. Sometimes it's okay for other people to support us doing us. And I'm good with that. Well, Dr. Charles Cole, I'm going to end this part of the podcast, this podcast, and I'm going to ask you to do another one. But I cannot thank you enough for being on the program. Dr. Charles Cole, just type in Dr. Charles Cole, the third into your search engine. He'll pop right up. Look at all his stuff because he's the man. Oh, man, appreciate you. Hopefully I made sense, brother. I wasn't trying to ramble, but I just wanted to add some context because people love to take our answers and chop them up without context. So I wanted to add some. I love everybody, man. I, I definitely do. Um, and right now, black kids for decades and decades and decades and decades have always been at the bottom. And what they'll do is, Mark, instead of like saying, okay, well, we're going to be responsible for that and we're going to up that. We're gonna, they, they'll just say, no, well, just get rid of the test. Just get rid of the test. Just, just, just get rid of the thing that measures how well black kids are doing. Like, no, man, no, because those test results come with implications around who's going to end up dead, who's going to end up in jails, and who's going to end up poor. You can't just get rid of the test and fix the problem. You got to actually deal with and fix the damn problem. So sorry, you, that wasn't another question, but I wanted to say that. <laughs>